0: To the Dildorks, Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and one time I had to awkwardly reject a dude for a hug at high school, and it was still to this day one of the most awkward moments of my life. Who are you, friend?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bex. So I'm a sex educator
0: and a sex blogger. And I. <laughs> i've never heard that story oh my god oh my god oh my god okay there was this guy who was a few years older than me so i was in probably grade 10 and he was graduating and he was always like he had this sort of creepy crush on me and i was not interested in, in no small part because he was so much older than me and also really awkward and uncomfortable and he messaged me on facebook like a few weeks before he was supposed to be graduating And he said, you know, before I graduate, I would really appreciate if I could get a hug from you, but, like, a nice, firm hug. And this language and this request, like, really really creeped me out. Like, I know that there are some reasons why, like, neurodivergence can make some people, like, socially awkward. But, like, I really didn't know how to handle this situation because, like, I didn't want to be a dick. But also, like, I super didn't want to hug this guy. I thought it was really unfair of him putting me in this position. So I kind of like hedged and was like, "Eh, I don't know, like, we'll see. And then I saw him uh, in school and he like came right up to me and was like, so how about that hug? And I just like didn't know what to do. I just like panicked and froze and was like, "Uh, uh, 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 I'm sick. So like I'm not going to be hugging people today. But then I saw my friend like across the hall and I was so relieved to see my friend that I ran right over and hugged him. and I didn't even think about it. (laughs) Uh, so this dude, like, witnessed me hugging my friend, and, um, and then I was, like, oh, I only, uh, hug people who I feel emotionally close to, which is, like, not entirely a lie. Yeah!
1: Uh, (laughs) Marginally close to is still- Yeah.
0: Well, like, I only hug people who, like, don't creep me the fuck out. Yeah. Anyway, that guy did not get a hug, long story short.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I remember, I forget something happened, but I was talking to- someone i had a crush on in high school and for some reason like in the middle of the day i guess we were texting or something And he's like i'm gonna give you a hug later and i was like all right and i remember thinking like all day and getting really excited about it
0: (laughs) yeah some people are such good huggers that like it feels like if not a sexual act and like a sensual experience an emotional experience like it kind of goes beyond the touch that's actually happening
1: yeah, this was also, like, ninth grade or something, mm. so it was the first time someone that I was, like, into and kind of flirty with was, like, yeah expressing any sort of touch, mm-hmm. which was very exciting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Wow. Okay, so we're talking about non-sexual forms of touch today of which there are many, of course. Uh, I'm wondering if you have any faves off the top of your head that you can think of.
1: I mean, like, all of them. (laughs) 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 Um, No, I'm just a very, like, physical person in terms of touch. I do it, it, like, for grounding and for emphasis, like, during conversation, mm. um, I like that, especially if I'm talking to someone I'm particularly close with, mm-hmm. um, cuddling, I mean, we'll talk a lot about, I'm sure I have, like, mixed feelings, um, and then one other thing you brought up, uh, was wrestling and stuff, which I think yeah. would be fun to talk about, and I obviously feel lots of ways about
0: yeah i think it's interesting that like yeah i wrote down a whole bunch of forms of non-sexual touch with things like cuddling massage tickling dancing together holding hands hugging um and a lot of these are sort of like traditionally depicted as affectionate and loving and wrestling is more like like you're fighting the person essentially (laughs) but it also can be very affectionate and loving can you tell me about that
1: yeah well i mean I think of it like roughhousing, right? Is the kind, Mm -hmm. the kind of wrestling and fighting I'm thinking about. Uh, Mm -hmm. at least in terms of this, I'm also down for like, I don't know, more aggressive and competitive (laughs) grappling and fighting, but that's a different category, I think. Um, but in terms of like kind of affectionate touch within relationships, I love the energy that comes with like grappling and roughhousing and like, Think about when you're a little kid, the way you would like struggle and fight with each other, you know um it kind of inhabits a similar energy for me,
0: so does that make you feel like more intimately connected to a partner the way something like cuddling can?
1: I mean, I guess I don't know that cuddling makes me f- feel more intimately connected to someone
0: oh interesting, tell me about that
1: <laughs> I don't know I <laughs> Does it make you feel more intimately connected to people?
0: Hmm. I think. Okay, that's actually a deceptively complicated question because at first I was like, "Well, of course it does. It's cuddling." But then the more that I think about it, I think like if I already feel close to someone, it can increase that. But if I don't feel close to someone and I cuddle with them, it can decrease it. Like I can kind of like viscerally gross me out and make me feel just like emotionally weirded out. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know that I feel much emotional investment either way, Mm -hmm. but I do notice that, like, it's easier for me to be into someone if we've had, like, any type of physical contact. Mm-hmm. And I just like imprint on people. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I've been on dates where with people where I'm like, oh, you're objectively like cute, but you didn't touch me once through the whole yeah. evening. Like didn't even like brush my arm, nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Like I will lose entire interest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For I'm me, very that's easily
1: like... swayed by touch.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel that way if someone is, like, not flirting with me at all throughout an entire date and, like, touches one potential manifestation of that. But it's just sort of like, are you even into me? Like, it's very confusing to me. Yeah. Do you think that there's such a thing as touch starvation like there's been a lot of discourse about this about like especially about men about how like they can be like starved of platonic or non-sexual touch and it can be a problem psychologically
1: yeah i mean absolutely there's like science
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't know that it's
1: particularly debatable yeah, but, i mean is that a thing <laughs> yeah. for
0: you like is that a thing you experience
1: I mean, yes, but touch is also super rare in my life, so Mm -hmm. it's just kind of an ongoing thing.
0: (laughs) I'm so introverted that I sometimes don't notice for a long time if I have not been social enough or have not been doing enough touching, like even platonic touching, and then sometimes I'll just feel sort of generally shitty, and I think that sometimes that's what it is, (laughs) like... I just feel disconnected from humanity, and it's easy for me to forget that because, like, I like being by myself so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get... So I get that reaction around, like, introversion stuff, but, um... Like, I do get that feeling around introversion, but for me, the feeling of, like, needing to be touched is different, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how to quite articulate it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious about, like you having lived as both male and female, like, I'm curious if you've noticed a difference in the the touch culture there, like, in terms of, like, what's acceptable or what's normal.
1: I think it's interesting because that was something I was, like, worried about Mm -hmm. pre-transition. But a lot of the folks in my life, especially a lot of (laughs) the only two cis straight people in my life, (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> all knew me pre-transition. Um, so I think I get kind of a loophole in with mm-hmm. that, with that kind of touch. Yeah. Um, we already had friendships where we hugged a lot and everything, and these are all also just generally pretty affectionate people. Like, they're also very affectionate with the other cis men in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're definitely is a lack of touch for cis straight men in the world. Uh, I just don't hang out with those people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope that, uh, masculinity is able to sort of like re-examine itself and find a way to like have touch that isn't just in contexts like football and frat parties and stuff. Cause like it, it is important for many of us.
1: It's so delightful for me when I see like cishet folk men really being, like, comfortable with touch and, like, affectionate Mm. with each other just because it is so rare.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I notice weird Mm -hmm. gender divides in my own life, actually. Like, I have a lot of male friends and a lot of, female friends and i noticed that i'm like much more open to touching and being touched by my female friends like it just seems to happen a lot more and a lot more naturally and like i'll usually hug my male friends goodbye and hello but like not always and there is a little bit more awkwardness to it almost like uh I think it's, like, a like a worrying about it becoming sexualized thing, which is weird because I'm queer, like, I, I, you know, anything could become sexualized with anyone, theoretically, <laughs> but um, maybe I've just, like, had enough creepy experiences with dudes trying to touch me that I'm, like, a little bit more wary of it, but that's something to work on. Yeah. So when you think about touch, like... Cuddling and massage and stuff can those be good foreplay for you? Because you mentioned like it doesn't necessarily provoke feelings of intimacy in you.
1: Well, I mean, neither does sex. So yes, right. yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it. I want to say it's like completely devoid of intimacy, um, but intimacy for me is just a more emotional word, I guess. So it's not something I necessarily associate with touch so that it can absolutely get me more comfortable and can work as foreplay in ways that are sexual without, but it wouldn't necessarily be like emotionally intimate or vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found it important to like break the touch barrier. Uh, and, and like, I, I wouldn't be comfortable if someone like started making out with me in an aggressive and sexual way if we hadn't touched previously at all. Like, that seems like a really strange, big jump to me, unless we were, like, already established partners, in which case that might sometimes be okay, but still isn't really my preference. And so... Um, It actually reminds me of, like, there's a lot of discourse in the pickup artist community about the touch barrier and how, like, it's super important to start touching the person in a flirty way, like, really early on so you can, like, build up gradually and have it seem comfortable and natural, which obviously in that context is really manipulative, but I think that there Mm -hmm. is something to that, like, most people are open to progressing to more stuff if you've, like, built up this sort of foundation of touch.
1: Yeah, well, also, I mean, it's even not necessarily building up this foundation of touch, but it's (laughs) getting permission with a lower investment.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of discourse about the importance of, like, explicit verbal consent, and, like, a common sort of rebuttal to that is that you can do, like, lower investment touch, like, you know, tapping someone's shoulder when you're trying to make a point, or uh whatever and and that that doesn't necessarily require consent and i think that that's like a complicated and nebulous question because like it really sort of depends on the person and i think in a perfect world we would be getting consent for that whether verbal or nonverbal, like some kind of you know statement that the person wants you to do that um but yeah i i definitely have noticed that i am like much more comfortable escalating things if someone has been like physically flirty uh, in no small part because, like, it, it, like, helps me figure out whether I'm attracted to them. Like, it's one of those weird, like, I don't know, pheromone things where, like, the way that they touch me can really affect how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cuddling often comes up in discussions of, like, aftercare, after kink. Um, why do you think cuddling is such a good aftercare activity for so many people?
1: I think because for a lot of people it does feel intimate. Um, mm-hmm. and it can feel comforting and it can feel grounding and it can kind of get you back into your body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it can kind of foster that like connection and comfort and that affirmation. I know a lot of people end kink scenes, whether as the top feeling like, Oh God, I just said those things. Do they yeah. still like me or mm-hmm. the bottom? Oh God, they just said those things to me. Do they actually like me? Mm -hmm. Um, And it can kind of reaffirm both of those fears, I think, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, for me, the grounding thing is a big part of it. Like, often when I'm subspace-y, i am subspace I kind of feel like I'm going to float away, which can be kind of a scary feeling. So having someone, like, physically clinging onto me makes me feel physically safe. But also, like in my days of tinder sluttiness like i had so many experiences where i would bang like a total fuckboy boy and either he would leave or i would leave like very quickly after we were done and there was this feeling of like emotional drop like even if there was no kink for me like that's hard um it makes me feel really disposable and like thrown away like we just did this thing that is perceived as quite intimate and now we're just parting ways without you know kind of floating back to earth together, and that can feel really strange to me, so it's, it's good to, uh, to cuddle if you're if you're into that after some intense kink stuff.
1: That's why I always try to make myself available for cuddling as aftercare, mm-hmm. even though I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much.
0: Yeah, I I have some friends who, um, their partners have, like, sensory issues, so they're not big fans of, like, the sweaty post-sex cuddle, and they might need to, like, go take a quick shower, and, um, I think, like, in certain relationships that might be difficult, like, if you're someone who really, really needs that cuddle immediately after sex, that might be difficult for you to deal with. Maybe you can, like, sort of cuddle in the shower together, and then go back to bed together once you're clean, but, like, um, I think it's nice when people are able to accommodate their partners with that kind of thing. Like if you do shower really quickly and then come right back and cuddle them, like maybe that would be a good compromise.
1: Yeah. I tend to like, I mean, I discuss my aftercare before kink because that's a thing that you should do anyway when you can, um, mm-hmm. because you'll be in a better headspace to negotiate it and tend yeah. to say that like, you know, I, I'm, make myself available for whatever aftercare they need and is helpful. But the aftercare Mm -hmm. I need is to go the fuck away for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) So you can have, you know, we'll do what we'll do whatever feels great for you. And then I'm leaving.
0: Yeah, and I I should clarify, too, about, like, those fuckboy hookups, like, sometimes I want to cuddle, but that person isn't necessarily the person I want to cuddle with, because, like, if I don't know them very well, or if, like, I don't even like them, like, the sex wasn't good, or, like, the date wasn't that good, which often was the case for me on Tinder, like, maybe I do kind of want them to leave, and maybe then I I need to go cuddle with someone else, like... We're going to talk about family more in a little bit, but, like, sometimes when I was still living at home, I would go hang out with my brother after a hookup and just, like, lie on the couch and, like, we would watch movies together or whatever, and that was a kind of, like, low-pressure intimacy that felt grounding to me at that time. So I've seen a lot of, like, cuddle parties or, like, cuddle gatherings being advertised, and, and they're sort of, like, either you show up and cuddle platonically with friends or even, like, with strangers who you, like, haven't met before before, but who have gathered for this purpose, and I'm wondering if that holds any appeal for you.
1: That sounds horrifying.
0: (laughs) Why? (laughs) That's just-
1: A, strangers, and the idea of, like, not knowing- and navigating touch with someone I don't know, Mm -hmm. like, being in a room full of strangers sounds exhausting enough, And having Mm -hmm. to navigate touch with several of them, probably. Yeah. Um, sounds incredibly exhausting, but I mean, any space, like, I don't even love going to, like, play parties where I don't, I'm not going with someone who I'm going to play with. Yeah. Like, I just don't like meeting people in crowded spaces where it's like, let's touch right now, (laughs) because communication is, I mean... Cuddle parties are built to have built in really strong communication it's It's a workshop on communication mm-hmm. um, but uh a lot of times in spaces like that it it they're just not super built for chatting and getting to know each other. <laughs>
0: yeah i i mean i've never been to one but i do think that i would definitely want to talk to someone before cuddling with them and like at least get a sense for them because otherwise like i have no idea who i'm cuddling they could be a really shitty person and i would not know that so yeah um like that's a little bit of like my demisexuality coming out maybe but i just feel like i need to know a little bit about someone's brain in order to enjoy cuddling them
1: I think for me, it's just the fact that I would be meeting someone new and immediately negotiating how I'm going to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's not just like, let's just talk for the sake of talking. Like, in an environment like that, it's like, let's talk and negotiate how we're going to cuddle. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and that's just way too goal-oriented for me to be, like, meeting people and hanging out.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah I mean I think I could definitely see wanting to go to something like this if you specifically had been craving cuddling and hadn't had access to it for a while and you were curious about this kind of thing um and like I'm definitely sort of like privileged in this regard and that I get a fair amount of cuddling in my life so it's not it's it's pretty rarely something that I'm like oh man I could really go for a cuddle right now except if I'm thinking about like one specific partner or something but yeah I think like if you're into it, it could be a cool environment, it's just, like, not really my jam. Yeah, I mean, it's an
1: excellent environment for what it, you know, for what it's designed for, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, I I think a lot of people sneer at it a lot and judge it a lot, but I think about it in the same category as I think of, like, play parties, and there's a party in New York called Lip Service, that's a makeout party, like, all Mm -hmm. of them are great and super cool and just way more goal-oriented, than I'm super interested in. Yeah, but also my, I think we both have relatively narrow fields of attraction. <laughs> like we're not the kind of person to walk into a room and be into everyone in the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, or we walk into the room and I'm, or at least I know for me, I walk into a room and I'm like, oh, maybe that person.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that I do appreciate about the idea of a cuddle party is that the objectives are very clear, whereas like in a play party or something that's a bit more vague, like you might agree to a particular thing with a particular person and then you might feel a little bit pressured to go further than that. And like, you know, cuddling can turn sexual really quickly. But if you're in an environment where cuddling is the whole point, then maybe it won't. Or uh, maybe if it does, then you'll negotiate that carefully and intentionally. Which is nice for me as an anxious person, because, like, I really don't enjoy the feeling of feeling obligated to go further than I want to. Obviously, that's pretty shitty.
1: Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, we're talking about this as people who have never been to one of these events.
0: (laughs) Um, I am am curious about them, but I think probably if I went, I would, like, watch, or I would bring a friend or a partner and cuddle with them, at least the first time, you know?
1: Yeah, well, because I'm thinking about this, and, like... My concern is that there's too much pressure, but I go to events like Dark Odyssey, where I'm sure, Mm -hmm. which is kinky summer camp, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of folks think about that and they're like, oh, there's so much pressure. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here being like, you know, if a cuddle party was more like kink camp, right, where, like, you could fuck anywhere, but you could also just hang out and talk and eat hot dogs, um, (laughs) then I'd have fun. And for all I know, it, like, it totally could be a space that has, like, a lot of room for, talking in addition to, like, cuddling, and it may not be as goal-oriented as I'm worried about. Um, yeah. Because I haven't been. But that's, those are the things that keep me from wanting to attend. Uh, although I know it is kind of designed with some of that stuff in mind.
0: Yeah. Is there any form of non-sexual touch that you would be willing to go to a party that was specifically just for that? I'm really curious. Wrestling. Right. Yeah, this is interesting to me that I've you're, done like, that. you- that. I do that a lot. Yeah. What is it about that that makes it different for you, that makes you able to do it with people you barely know or just met?
1: Because then I get to win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't win cuddling. Right?
1: So it's a, <laughs> it's a goal and it's a focus and it has fun for me beyond just the touch, right? So the physical mm-hmm. touch can be really fun if it's someone that I'm into or that I feel close to uh, mm-hmm. and I get that contact, right? But there's also an end goal. We're going somewhere with it, right? Yeah. With cuddling, it's just, let's sit here and this feels nice. Right. (laughs) And that drives me nuts! Yeah. (laughs) Like, even, even when I do cuddle, it's not usually like, before or after sex, because that, like, I- we just had so much touch. Give me a minute. Just give me a minute. (laughs) Um, it's usually more, like, if we're sitting and watching movies together or whatever, I will have someone lay, like, against my side, or I'll have Mm -hmm. my hand on them, and even then, I'm usually rubbing their arm, or some sort of movement. Yeah. Um, and with wrestling, it's so much more of that, right? You're getting this touch, but you're also moving around and working towards somewhere something and there's a goal involved and even if it's not someone i'm super into i win and then we stop (laughs) so
0: (laughs) yeah that makes sense i think similarly like one of the types of non-sexual touch that i would be interested in doing with someone i barely know is receiving foot rubs um even in like a fetishy context in which case it would be sexual for them but not so much for me Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is that my role in that interaction is very clearly delineated, and I don't really have to do a whole lot. Like, the pressure is very much off. Like, in that situation, I'm being appreciated solely for my feet, and all I have to do is sit there and feel sensations, and so I know exactly what I have to do. Whereas, yeah, cuddling, it can be a little bit nebulous in terms of, like, what you're expected to do and, like, how the time will pass.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this wigs me the fuck out when people touch my feet like i freak out
0: that's like a really common reaction i actually hear that from people a lot and i get it um i think like for me the thing that separates it and makes it okay is when it's a person who like genuinely adores feet because like i don't like mine i think that they're unattractive to me but um I've, i've like dated a number of foot fetishes who like really appreciate them and so like obviously having that much enthusiasm and desire directed it you can feel really good if you're open to receiving it in that particular way and so like my local sex club has like foot fetish nights where like you can go if you're interested in giving or receiving foot rubs or foot worship or whatever and i've always been kind of curious about that but i also am like a little bit wary about like boundary crossing and creepiness so i don't know maybe i should just check it out and see what it's like
1: Yeah, I don't know, like, feet don't bother me in general, and I've even seen other people's feet that I'm like, ah, and it's not like I think my feet are gross, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Although T is giving me little, like, hobbit hairs on the top of my foot. I noticed it this morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was definitely in the shower like, ooh, Trixie (laughs) hobbitses. Um, (laughs) but, uh, no, like, I don't, like, I'm not squicked out by, like, the look of my feet or the, Mm -hmm. um... Like the idea of it or whatever, mm. physically just tu- like I can't touch my own feet without weirding the fuck out.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I like step on the scrubby thing to clean them in the shower. Like I don't touch them. <laughs> I hate <laughs> the sensation of my feet being touched.
0: Oh, very interesting. I don't interesting. know why.
1: It like it so it feels like being very ticklish. Except yeah. it doesn't make me laugh. It's just like a deeply uncomfortable tickling. Yeah. And like I'm into tickling in like fetish ways or whatever, but it's just this like viscerally uncomfortable feeling.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, it's, like, one of those activities that can veer very quickly from good into bad. Like, it has to be done in, like, particular ways. Because I do not like tickling. Tickling's pretty much a hard limit for me. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like, I remember when I was in high school, I was probably about 17, and I had this friend with benefits who was very sexually exploratory like me. And she didn't have a foot kink or a foot fetish at all, but she was really curious about a lot of different things. And she asked me one time if she could... Um, She called it giving me a foot job, which I've since learned is a different thing altogether. (laughs) But um, what she wanted to do was just like, uh, like touch and lick and suck parts of my feet and like see how we would both feel about that. And it was very sort of more exciting to me than I had anticipated because I was basically like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll let you do it because you want to do it. Um, but it was something that obviously no one had ever done to me before, and so it was this extremely intimate thing in this way that is still, like, a lot of what I enjoy about kink, like, this feeling of, Mm -hmm. like, so much intense intimacy that's almost too much to handle. Um, and also, like, physically it felt pretty good for me, but, like, I have to be relaxed in order for that to feel good.
1: Yeah, I... For years, feet have been that thing, this thing where I'm like, I mean, I'm not into it, but I'm into the idea of other people being into it because Mm -hmm. I love that such like in the way I'm into any sort of fetishist stuff. Yeah, that it's like something that seems so benign can really turn you on.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, That enthusiasm. But the past couple of
1: months, there have been a couple of times where I've like looked at people's feet and been like, oh, hey, (laughs) (laughs) a little part in the back of my brain's like, huh, I'm just, I'm just jot that down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. I wonder if that's related to testosterone stuff, because I know that, like, foot fetishism is, like, one of the most popular fetishes, particularly among men.
1: Yeah, well, and so interestingly, it has come, I, through transition, I'm finding myself lately, um, more into women than I was pre-transition, and mm-hmm. I think it was because pre-transition, if I was into women, I was a lesbian, which like, fully did not resonate with me. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, bisexuality and stuff, but sex with women always felt lesbian like it was supposed sex. to be, like... yeah. Yeah, like, my own self resonated back at me, like, I was mm-hmm. supposed to feel like a reflection of my own gender, and it never did, and it always felt weird. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm able to... I can just contextualize myself with women a lot better now that I understand my own gender um, rather than seeing them as something I was supposed to be trying to be. Mm -hmm. Um, which has, like, I've started to explore and be more interested in femdoms lately than I had historically. Mm -hmm. Um, which is also affirming for gender reasons, because there's all kinds of gendered stereotypes in there. Um, but, Foot stuff is a big thing with femdoms. So I don't know how much it is testosterone versus just like moving into a culture that brings that up a lot, that I see that a lot. Yeah. It's just in my periphery a lot more.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It also brings up uh, an interesting thing for me, which is like, yeah, it is often depicted as sort of like the foot service top is often a femdom in these situations, but. Most of the times that I've done stuff with foot fetishists, I've felt more like the submissive, like, i felt more like, because oh, I am the submissive usually in most of my, <laughs> my dynamics, but I felt more like, um, this person enjoyed this part of my body, and so they're just gonna do whatever the fuck they want, because they're in charge, and, like, to me, that was the thing that was exciting about it, like, not the foot touching, because, like, that's not my kink, but... Um, the feeling of like, I have to let them do this because they're the boss. And, uh, so it's, it's really like one of those fun ways that even if you don't share all the same kinks as a partner, you can like find ways to bridge the gap. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I, I don't have a good transition for this question. It's just going to be weird, and we're just going to have to roll with it. But um, I'm c-
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> our I know our show is supposed to be sex, dating, and masturbating. But can can we change it too? It's just going to be weird, and you're going to have to go with it. <laughs> can that just be our new slogan? <laughs> like, I feel like people would understand our show so much more that way.
0: <laughs> Putting it on the business cards, yeah. Um, But I'm curious about family. Um, Because there's, like, there's a lot of From foot jobs to family. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) Family foot jobs. Oh, God. Um, No, but, like, people actually do have very strong feelings about whether or not you should do this type of, like, non-sexual touch. like, Like, cuddling or, like, kissing on the cheeks or on the lips or that kind of thing with your family. Because, like, there are some families who are very, very close and do that stuff all the time easily. And there are some families who, like, don't do it at all. And I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. But, like, where do you fall on that?
1: My family does not touch. Like, I saw this question on your thing, and I was like, oh. I mean, I guess. Like, live your life. That's
0: interesting, though, because, like, my stereotype based on media I've seen about Italian families is that there is a lot of touching, (laughs) but obviously, like, that's the stereotype.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, we get a hug hello and stuff. We've got the loud thing down. (laughs) That we are. Yeah. Um we are very many of the other stereotypes. We like we are loud, we congregate exclusively in the kitchen. Um <laughs> You walk into the house, we don't say hello, the whole house just yells, "Hey!" <laughs> um <laughs> But no, we don't touch. Um like we yeah, we hug hello and stuff. Um and my mom's side of the family, I mean, we're not generally a a pretty affectionate family, um, Mm -hmm. my mom's side of the family also. My mom, a little bit, um, like, I mean, she cuddled me when I was a kid, and Mm -hmm. I shared a bed with her for far too long. My little (laughs) sister's 10 and still does, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I hit, like, seven or eight and was like, nah, I'm gonna go get my own bed, and she was like, Okay. (laughs) I like set up a tent in the living room one day and was like I'm going to practice sleeping alone out here now. Aww. <laughs> um because <laughs> I'm still the same person. <laughs> um but yeah, no, my family does not do much in the way of like touch or cuddling or anything like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting. My family's not super touchy-feely either, except for, like, I'm very, very close with my brother. He's one of my best friends, and so we have been known occasionally to cuddle or to, like, link arms while we're out walking together or, like, you know, a lot of hugs, um, to the point that, like, very occasionally people mistake us for a couple, um, especially because we don't really look like each other very much. I remember like one time my brother's a musician and I went to this show that he was playing and there was this girl there who was like a super fan of him and his band and I was sitting with him like pretty cuddly and pretty close and I saw this girl like watching me from across the bar and she was giving me like like daggers like she was like really staring me down she was mad I think she super thought I was his girlfriend and she came over and was chatting with us and he like mentioned at one point that I was his sister and I saw her like visibly relax it was so funny (laughs)
1: I've had people think I was dating my brother, too, just, like, walking around together, which is bizarre, because I'm, like, a decade older than him. <laughs> um, but I do not look it, um, mm-hmm. and he's taller than me. Yeah. Um, so, like, we were walking on the Jersey Shore a couple of years ago, so I was still presenting as somewhat feminine at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of, you know, we're walking on the boardwalk on the Jersey Shore, so people are yelling to play the games and whatever. And some guy yelled something and basically like told my brother to win something for me. And we were like, nah, nah, nah. And he said something else. And we turned in in unison. And I was like, he's my brother. And the (laughs) dude was like, I mean, I don't judge. (laughs) I was
0: like, you can't stop. (laughs) Just
1: casual incest jokes on the boardwalk.
0: Oh, yikes. <laughs> Man, that really threw me off my game. <laughs> okay, another pivot that's just going to be weird. Um, I have a friend who, for a while, was doing the professional cuddling thing. This was like, it got really popular a few years ago. There were a lot of articles about it because people were fascinated. And it's essentially like, depending on your perspective, you might consider it a sex work interaction or you might not because it is just cuddling in many cases, but people pay, like, by the hour or whatever to cuddle with a professional cuddler of some kind. Um, I know that you're not super into cuddling with strangers, but, like, would you do it if you were getting paid for it?
1: I would do it if I was getting paid for it, um, but Mm -hmm. I don't do... I don't know, actually. So, like... On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, for the same reasons I'm like, yeah, you know, I do sex work stuff, Mm -hmm. but I honestly would not be great at it because I'm really bad. I have zero poker face. (laughs) And like, if, if I don't like you, you'll know, Mm -hmm. and then you won't want to pay me (laughs) (laughs) because that's not how that works. Yeah. (laughs) So like, if, if, in theory, sure, Mm -hmm. but I'd be really bad at it.
0: Yeah, I feel similarly. I, w- I was really curious uh, about the friend of mine who was doing this. Like I was asking her a lot of questions about how her clients behaved because my assumption was that they would be inappropriate and that they would like pay for this session, which presumably is cheaper than like a full service sex work session would be and try to sort of like do things that were a little farther than the boundaries that had been set. But she actually told me that in all cases, they were like super respectful There was a couple situations where dudes got boners, and in most cases, they were, like, really apologetic about it, and they checked in about it, like, is this okay? I'm not going to do anything with it, but is it cool? And she was, you know, fine with that, because that's just, like, a natural body thing that happens, but she was really grateful that they asked about that. And uh, I thought it was very interesting. Like, I'm I'm very curious about, like, the, the type of person who would seek out this service, and I think, like, it's a really important service, and I'm glad it's being offered.
1: Yeah, I think that's really awesome. I'm also... I would be curious how much of that is... How much of that becomes just conversation, too. mm mm-hmm. Because um, I know a lot of the sex workers I talk to um, and I'm friends with talk a lot about how much of it is just emotional labor of, like, having conversations with these people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm curious
1: <clears throat> how much of that is similar in... uh professional cuddling stuff.
0: Yeah, my friend was telling me that, like, a lot of the men who she was seeing were people who perceived themselves as being unattractive or had a hard time dating because of various issues in their lives, and so, like, they were touch-starved in the way that we were talking about, and they really appreciated this opportunity for intimacy, and it sounds to me like a really nice interaction. I don't know that I could do it, I think that I would probably be too freaked out and scared that they were going to do something inappropriate. Like, I, I would be too nervous, I think. But uh, I, I'm very, very curious about it, for sure. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet mentioned one of my favorite forms of non-sexual touch, which is, like, nuzzling. Um, <laughs> I mean, it can be sexual, but, um, so, like, when I say nuzzling, what I mean is, like, rubbing your noses together, which could happen during a make session, or it could happen independently of making out. But um, when I went on my first date with my partner, like, we had only talked on Twitter a little bit before this date, and then on the date, like, we went for coffee for about, like, 40 minutes, and then we went somewhere and made out, because we were just really into each other immediately, and what I noticed was that there was so much nuzzling happening in these makeouts and we didn't talk about it until like months later when we were already like super dating, but we were like, that was a lot of nuzzling for a first date makeup, right? Like that's, that's a really intimate and romantic move and like not a chill move at all. But I think it was just indicative of like, I was already having these really powerful romantic feelings about him. And like, I definitely don't do that much nuzzling with the average person who I make out with
1: so just like rubbing your noses together while making out is that what you are no, like, like
0: like in between kisses like when you kind of like back off to take a breath for a second like just a little bit of nose friction okay <laughs> there's there's a racist term for it which i'm not going to use um uh, but yeah it is it is a known thing and uh it's cute like i definitely don't do it with everyone or even hardly anyone um because to me it feels very intimate um like almost as much as kissing but i do think it was funny that like for some reason i was just really into doing it with this dude and then now it's over a year later and we're very dating (laughs) (laughs) okay so what about massage how do you feel about massage
1: i've never gotten one presumably they're great
0: Not, uh, not even, like, unofficially from a partner or anything? Nah. Uh. Okay.
1: Maybe one? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I think.
1: I've given a couple, but, like. Would you want one? Sure.
0: Yeah? (laughs) You seem unconvinced.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess. I don't know.
0: I feel like, from what you were saying about cuddling, I feel like, maybe you might be a little uncomfortable with it because it is just sort of, you have to just like lie there and take sensation and you're not really actively doing a lot. But I mean, that's yeah. kind of the point of it though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like I've enjoyed giving them again because it's like, there's intention and there's movement with it. Um mm-hmm. But you can kind of get into a mindfulness with it, right? Because you're, you're moving with intention and you're thinking just enough to stay focused on what you're doing, but not so much that it actually requires effort to think about it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think and the it can mindfulness is kind of like piece, meditative. That is exactly why I like like, mostly receiving because I'm a bottom, but like I've also enjoyed giving from time to time. And I think that that mindfulness or meditative aspect is what I like about it because similarly to subspace or like getting along, spanking or flogging or something at a certain point I can kind of float out of my head and to some extent tune out the physical sensations or like sink into them and my brain just kind of goes away so it's almost like uh like a hypno scene or something where like sometimes the point of kink is to make your brain go away and it can be really nice in that way yeah and I also got a neurotic massage at one point which was like an entirely different thing but Uh, I wrote this essay about it because I got it uh, like a couple days after a really bad breakup and it was this opportunity for me to sort of experience pleasure and sensuality and intimacy uh, when I had just lost this relationship where I had all of those things and so it was really affirming and I I do think that that is one of the uh, like non-sexual forms of touch that I would uh, experience with someone I barely know or don't know at all because It is clearly, like, directional. It's very clearly delineated what what each person's role is in it. And uh, there can be that professionalism. uh, And, yeah, to me, that was really, really lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Dildorgs. It was so cute. We talked about so many cute things. (laughs) And also foot fetish stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Foot fetish is adorable, Kate.
0: Yeah, you're right. It can be very cute um <laughs> i have been kate sloan you can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com you can follow me on twitter and instagram at girly underscore juice. where is your stuff
1: I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BexTalkSex. Together with the Dildorks. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks, and you can find us at the You can also find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, rate and review us. It brings us up in the charts and makes us easier to find.
0: Thank you so much to Protodome. He did our theme song. Thank you to Amy. She did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Your pipes are so loud. I know. <laughs> Um, the good thing is if it's only me talking while the pipes are going, I can just edit it out of yours. So that's fine. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Yeah.